Hey, we can, I mean, we can record whatever we want, you know? Like, we could start here. <laughs> this is our start. This Welcome. is it. This is The Playwrights with Will. I'm Will. And this is Sarah. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and uh, we've got a special guest here this week. This is Claire. Hi, Claire. Hi, Will. Hi, Sarah. Oh, my so God. So nice to be here. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> my <Yeah>. best friend. <laughs> I'm thrilled. We've got Hello. Claire here. She's a recent uh, graduate of SCAD, but she's, nodding, really she's nodding her head in agreement. And that definitely happened. And Claire. swallowed. Claire, it how's happened. it Yeah, how's it going? Oh, it's good. <laughs> My career is really taking off in the middle of a pandemic post-graduation. So things are really flying for me. <laughs> We're all uh, looking up. Looking yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's looking good. But it brought me... Um, yeah, SCAD brought me the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Sarah Smoltz right. That's me. Sorry, Will. No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're just She's podcasting partners. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it's professional. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about. We're talking about a really great play here today. Do you guys want to do some more small talk? Or, I don't know, I always, say, I always ask this question. If <laughs> <laughs> people want to go further in the small talk, is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also, Sarah, you didn't do your song. Oh, that's right. Each week I do a, a little diddly. Okay. Be thoughtful, but I do. Ow! <laughs> and that's it. And <laughs> like, as a theme song? Um, yeah, Yeah, bit. kind of. It, it just warmed. Like, at first we were like, how do we introduce our podcast? And then it just, like, kind of happened. It's so a warm now, up. like, I have to do it. It's more of a, tra- it's a tradition. The, the listeners demand it. <laughs> or They're uh, hungry or, for or it. Or do they? <laughs> or do they? I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. Have you been getting letters about it? Yeah, we've been getting some letters. Some we hope good. to. Some yeah. not so good. Just kidding. <laughs> Sam Smeltzer, my brother, he's a he's an avid listener and he gives us feedback every week. He'll he does. tell us. He does. He messages us. Thank you, Sam. Shout out to you. That's intimidating. It is a little bit. Hi, Sam. Keeps us on our toes. He'll love this. He's driving in a car right now to come visit us, so that's fun. But yeah, this is our yeah, this week. is our last one we're gonna record in Savannah. So oh, our next one we'll be recording, I guess, in Kansas City. Wild. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. We're only in Savannah for like four more days. It's really sad. I'm having a hard time. Uh, so yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. <laughs> what player are we talking about? We're pl- talking about Gruesome Playground Injuries by Rajiv. Am I pronouncing that right? Rajiv, yes. right? Rajiv, Rajiv Joseph. Joseph. And this play is really close to Claire and my heart. Yeah, what, uh, why, what was the inspiration behind choosing this play f- to talk about? Why did you, why, Claire, you kind of chose this play. Why did you talk, why did you want to talk about this play? Actually, I, oh wait, no, she chose it for the podcast. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, actually, well, just... I chose it for the, no. Well, you guys so kindly gave me an option of any play I wanted to do, which I found to be overwhelming. <laughs> and we had talked about how we feel like we know the plays best that we've directed, even more than plays we've been in, certainly yes. more than plays we've just read. In fall of 2019, Sarah and I co-directed a production of Gruesome Playground Injuries for SCAD's student-run production company, in Third Act. <laughs> In six weeks. It felt like we did it in six days. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. It was. And We had the uh, best little cast. Very good cast. Very good crew. Yeah. Shout out to Tegan Zofel if she's listening. Uh, she's my queen. I can't. And you should you should tell the story about the lighting designer. 
if we get a chance, maybe. Oh, we'll get into it. We're, we're going to have to bleep out names. That's fine. Um, that's, okay. that's actually okay. I actually don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much he meant to us. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a problem. Oh, man. I love it. So Third Act needed a show that was really easy and really small cast because they only had six weeks before Film Fest and they needed directors and we were like, hey, we have the similar interest in theater and same ideas a lot of the time or and challenge each other. So we chose... Um, gruesome playground entries and we just felt like it's a you know it's like really short it's only 40 pages so it literally I read it this afternoon or this morning and it took me 20 minutes kind of I mean like I've read it up multiple times so I'm more used to it but I don't know and it's just it's really good challenge for the actor like we both thought yeah and the cast was really small which was useful for us because we didn't know how much access we were gonna have to how many people were we going to have audition? Right. Which we actually had a ton. Oh my gosh. Overwhelming amount. We had like 60. Yeah. That's good. But we were like... 60 people? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. But and I remember... We whittle, whittle it down. We right? had like an eight callback list. Oh, it was yeah. intense. An eight callback list? Like eight, Only eight, eight person. <laughs> eight person callback list? I think we had... I think it was five cut Yeah, lists. yeah, yeah. But you right. had to be... I mean, you had to be cutthroat in that callback list for oh sure. Oh my gosh. Because you couldn't call back 30 people. No. There was no problem being cutthroat. <laughs> But it turned into, as a viewer, it turned into a really great production. I had a ton of fun watching it, and I think it's a it's a really beautiful play, and I'm yeah we're excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm excited, and, it, and I like it because it's not very well known at all. I disagree mm, with you. Okay. <laughs> I guess it was on Broadway. Was it on Broadway? No, it was off Broadway. But it's like um, there's this monologue in it that like every girl does ever and well yeah and so it's like it's kind of like well known i don't know if anyone's Com- like read it or like seen it a bunch but compared like compared to but compared to like betrayal and true west but those and, are like more well those, those are more classic so we yeah. we are doing a little bit of it's a it's an indie kind of play isn't it no maybe not it's it's more contemporary than those contemporary plays yeah. i sure. think and then also yeah i think it got more famous when he got more famous for right. not Fangled to thing. not to jump into anyone's history of the playwright but when he became more famous later on this yeah. became more famous also yeah but yeah that monologue i feel like but i feel like a lot of people do that monologue and then don't really know the show right that's or what i'm produce saying the show yeah. right because it is like it, it's a really easy monologue to kind of just jump into if you youtube it you'll probably find it to do that monologue yeah well i did it once for um cuz i'm psycho i did it <laughs> for john prosky his class um yeah. our first like monologue day yes and Forgot. like it's so easy to like connect with it but then also you're saying it to someone who's in a coma and so, like, as the actor, your eyes are, like, down or, like, you're talking to the... Like, it's not really out or up. And so he was just like, I see this all the time, first of all. And then also, your eye line is, like, bad where, like, you can't really connect with the audience. Like, they're not connected to you because you're connected, like, downward. And I was like, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I feel like there's also an element for me of, like, yes, you're trying to get something out of the other person in that... Yeah. In that, in that monologue, she's trying to wake him up. Right. But it's not as active due to he is unconscious. Right. Like, you literally can't get what you want and, like, you know it. You know? So yeah, it's like yeah. There's kind of a, like, a wall. But yeah. um, but I know, I feel like a lot of people we know use that monologue. And yeah. I forgot you used it. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely did. I mean, it's, like, it's really fun. And it's, like, I don't know, it's long, too. So it's, like, a yeah. cool challenge. But, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't use it for, like, any competition purposes or anything. Those monologues we did for John were... 
not to get sidetracked, but, but he didn't care for mine either. <laughs> Wait, which one? The structure you? of it. He didn't like it. Um, I did my one from Blackbird. And I love Blackbird. I know, and I love that monologue, but he kind of looked at me and he was like, so this is kind of like a conversation, but he's not answering. Like, yeah, that's what and every I, monologue is, And right? I was like, yeah. And he was like, interesting. I don't know. It didn't seem like he was... It, yeah, isn't is that, that that's the monologue? definition of a monologue. Well, a lot of a lot of the monologue is like, I think maybe he thought I took out mm. um, his replies because a lot of it is like, so you're gonna, so what? You want to tell me or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like waiting for that reply. I also likely did it poorly. <laughs> no, and therefore confused him. No, um, hard to say. What? Sarah, do you want to talk about Rajiv Joseph? Or we... Or... With love. Yeah. Let's jump in. Let's do it. Rajiv. Rajiv. Born June 16th, 1974. Oh my gosh, his birthday is <gasps> tomorrow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Rajiv. Oh my gosh. Well, Ra- this will come out next week, but... So he won't, he won't hear it until he after He won't hear it until birthday. after. Wow. Happy belated birthday, Rajiv. Um, it'll be less than a week. So How old is he turning, time. Sarah? Ooh, math. math. 1974 to 2020. You got it. 40... Five? 46? Oh, 56? 56. One of those. 46. No. 46. It's gotta be 46. Why did you look at me weird when I was in the 40 range? Well, 45, I, I thought no, because <laughs> he was born in 74. I know. I My head is stuck in 2019 because 2020 is such a mess. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, living that life. Um. Yeah, because 2019 was such a banner year for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's because we directed this in 2019. Yay. Oh, that's it. That's, that's it. Okay, okay. We had the great production of Bruce. We did, we did. But how? But, but he's a Gemini. So okay. he's curious about everything and loves to be a part of the action. That's what I have about Geminis. <laughs> and he, that that's a dual... Yeah. That's a dual sign where you kind of have these two different sides and two different faces. I wonder if that's useful for a playwright to put himself in different shoes. Yes. Oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. Me neither until now. I love that. Great. Amazing. So all my Gemini's out there, you now have to write a play. You must. You must. Um, so he was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. God bless. Um, <laughs> his mother is Euro-American um, descent of French and German ancestry. And then his father is Indian ancestry and immigrated to the States from India, actually. So that's kind of cool. Um, he graduated from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio in oh, 1996. Oh, Miami, Ohio. Okay. My mom went there. Oh my gosh, that's, that's where my mom got her degree. What did she get a degree in? Art education. Oh, duh. Yes. She's an art teacher. I've never heard of that school otherwise. That's so funny. Cool. He got his BA in creative writing. So, close. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Yeah. 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 They probably weren't there at the same time. No, no, off by no. about 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just missed each other. Almost. Um, but he he was a member of their glee club at the school and part of their acapella group, the Cheesies. Isn't that so oh. sweet? I don't know. I just love that. Was your mom a part of the acapella group? No, but <laughs> Cheesies, is that a reference to something I don't understand in music? It can't. I don't think so. No, because you know like... how sometimes they have like a... Like a yeah. word in there, like right, like the uh, all about that bass or whatever. Yeah. I thought maybe she that it was a play. No, no. Okay. And it like, sounds like an acapella group from like Wisconsin. Not right. Ohio. That's what I was thinking. Um, but then after he graduated, he joined the Peace Corps and he served no three years um mm-hmm. in West African Republic of Senegal 
including two years in Kular, and his third year was in Pulak. Um, but he made this statement about his time in um, the Peace Corps. He said, being in Senegal more than anything else in my life made me into a writer because um, he was around people who obviously didn't speak the same language. And so he said he felt like a four-year-old and had to like really learn like the basics of like language and how to connect with someone else. And that like helped him. And he like wrote every day. And so that kind of inspired a lot of... Um, how he writes his characters like so different and so like unique because then he had to like understand different people and like their language so i don't know i just thought that was like really interesting um he got his master of fine arts shout out to mfa people in mm -hmm. dramatic writing from new york university's tisch school of arts in 2004 absolutely classic claire and i love I tisch roll if you can't hear it <laughs> why what's what's with tisch it's, uh, just, it's just, just incredible it's just a very prestigious school right or you sure it's, like it Ooh. has prestigious. Do you, have, do you have the dirt on Tish? Yeah, Tish is. It has like some great people and then yes. some not so great people. So it's like prestigious, but like also some bad people come out of there, so it's confusing. Frightening sometimes too. I find yeah. it to be similar to Juilliard in that I've heard both can be very toxic. Mm, but word. if you come out of Tish, I feel like most of those people you're have careers. Yeah, 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 pretty, yeah. You're, you're pretty, good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially just, a master's program. Yeah. Yeah. Master's just to like get into a place like that is you, it's, right. it's pretty prestigious. Especially yeah. for writing. Yeah. 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 We're just jealous mostly. Yeah, mostly we love Tish and wish we were there. Um, tish, Tish. But he also taught essay writing at New York University and wrote for season three and four of the Showtime series Nurse Jackie. Really? <laughs> so I did not know that. He taught, he taught essay writing? Oh, just like... Yeah, oh, just I as see. a class Got at it. New York University. He's like an adjunct teacher. In so okay. while he was... While I think he was while he school? was at Tisch, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he came on the playwriting scene in 2006 after, I think, his Tisch program was over, I would assume. And he has written 11 plays since then. He's won lots of awards, but here's some of note. In 2008, he won Vineyards Theater's Paula Vogel Award for Emerging Playwrights. In 2010, he won, or he was a Pulitzer Prize finalist for Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. And in 2018, he won the Obie Award for Best New American Play for his play, Describe the Night. Our Dunkin' Donuts is so close. <laughs> this, this podcast, not sponsored by Dunkin', but Dunkin', if you're out there and listening, we'll sponsor you. We're here for it. Or no, we'll, we'll, be, we'll, we'll sponsor be sponsored you. by we'll you. We'll sponsor you, Dunkin'. <laughs> Um, you hear? But the play we're talking about today uh, is Gruesome Playground Entries, which first premiered in 2009 at the Alley Theater in Houston, Texas, and it had its off-Broadway premiere in 2012 at the Second Stage Theater. Now, when did you first hear about this play? Via you. Literally yeah. just me? Believe it or not. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. I Cute. hadn't heard of it. I had heard of Rajiv from... His other work, but I had right. never heard of this. <clears throat> yeah, I remember there was funny. like a big. When was Bengal Tiger written? Um, because I remember that being a big deal in Boston when I was living in Boston. Because that's probably his like other very well known play. No, that I mean that's his what most. he won. Yeah. Okay. He was a Pulitzer Prize finalist for it. 
I'm not, whenever that came out, and I'm sure it probably came out before I was like in Boston, but I remember there being a big production of it or there had just been one that got a lot of buzz. So I knew him through that, but I didn't know this until we were in the shout out, SCAD Museum of Art. Hopefully we can get the rights to say the word SCAD. And we were talking and you told me about this play. Yeah. For your monologue that you were going to do. Oh my gosh, uh. that's so funny. Yeah. Because that, yeah, that was our first year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Great. But yeah, so, well, Will and I first uh, read it, actually, like, the summer after I graduated. Yeah, where did we... We read it on my futon in my bedroom. We did, yeah, and we just oh. we just read it kind of to each other. Yeah, out loud. Yeah. It was, like, the first time we ever did that. I don't even know, but where did we come across the script? Because we like have this... a hard copy of this script that we've had for a long time. Yeah, I think it was at KCACTF that year, or a scene was from it, and I really liked it, and then I bought the script. Great. And then we read it. Will, over to you. Heyo. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, why Rajiv Joseph felt like he wanted to write this play. Just, I don't know. The, a lot of the plays, they are of a certain time period. That one, oh, like Straight White Men was definitely like of like, it's very current and it's very like set in like the modern day. Um, same with The Humans. Um, I feel like with Gruesome, it could be set kind of anywhere within time. Not, I mean, like obviously like semi-modern age but it doesn't really they don't really talk about like pop culture or any current events so it's it's got a lot less to do with the current climate um and it's it's much more to do with just people's relationships with each other so his central dramatic question and this these are his own words uh, the central dramatic question of gruesome is why do we hurt each other to gain someone else's love that's kind of the question that he's trying he's musing over in this play um, and he basically got the idea because his friend had all of these weird injuries that he had had over his lifetime. And Rajiv said to him, like, oh, well, that would be like you can tell a story. You can tell a story of a life through somebody's injuries that they either get from accidents or whatever. And he just thought, like, oh, that's a really interesting way to tell a story because we always remember the times that we have been injured and we can kind of go, like, he can kind of expand on that and tell stories of something more um, around that. Because there's all, there, there's fun stories, usually, or funny stories sometimes. Like, oh, remember the time I broke my arm? You know, like, Sarah, you have that story where, like, you broke your collarbone because you jumped out of a moving van? Yeah, or... Joe's, no, it was a moving van. Oh. I was at Joe's Crab Shack. My whole family. Okay. <laughs> extended family were there and we you know it was like we had a 12 passenger van which like a two-step and I was just a little like seven-year-old and I was like I can jump from the second step and land on my feet nope um so I just face planted on the cement and I broke my car and to this day you've never been to a Joe's Crab Shack because you it's just... true I've never eaten but at neither Joe's but Crab neither Shack. have I so <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but you also told a really good story the other day that I actually remember Jarrett and I were talking about it yesterday oh, God. when you told that crazy story about you falling out of a top bunk bed and breaking your oh, nose. Oh yes. my gosh, that one's crazy. Yeah, that one's wild. I was at, I know I injure myself a lot accidentally. I'm really clumsy, but this one actually happened in my sleep. I was sleeping on the top bunk. And I was dreaming I was falling out of a building. And then turns out and I was actually falling. Yeah. <laughs> so then I just crashed on the floor and I did break my nose, but I didn't even know it. But there was a ton of blood and like around, and it was like at summer camp. So there was like bloody handprints on the wooden bunk bed. And so the next morning it looked like a crime scene, but really 
it was just my nose that was bleeding a lot. And when I got my jaw surgery a couple years later, they fixed my broken nose for me. So my dad likes to joke that I got a nose job for free, which makes me feel really good. Nice. That's a great deal. Those were expensive. Yeah. We should talk. Maybe we should talk about. I mean, maybe you already have this planned. We should, we should talk Some about personal injuries. Personal, personal injuries yeah. that we can kind of track yes. our life through. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love personal injury stories. Yeah. They're sometimes sad. I think the best part of that of that summer camp story is that your friend was like, "Get in the shower." And yeah. She, like, weirdest shower I've ever taken. Well, well the, I just had so much blood. Yeah, that right. makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not. It's a good. But idea. then also, I didn't get anything else. I remember. But also. That yeah. a little bleary because I lost a lot of blood. Yeah. <laughs> so who's to say what happened? Claire, have you ever broken an arm or a leg or anything? Crazily enough, knock on wood, yeah. I have never broken anything, but I am extremely accident prone and I do get hurt a lot. Sure. But so far I haven't broken anything. Earlier this year, I got very hurt. I fell down a flight of concrete stairs. Oh, yeah in a parking garage with Sarah. Yeah. Um, she didn't fall, but I did. And <laughs> you took her down with you. And it was... <laughs> I wish. I wish I could help in some way. Traumatic. And I and oh, I definitely God. thought that I broke something then. Yeah, that was really bad. I got really hurt. I yeah. kind of fell for a long time down those stairs. It, yeah, it was, it was definitely slow motion, and it was really like scary. A, so this is like... Like, are these 10 or 12 stairs that you fell down? No, you it think? was like you had 15 to, to 20. Oh my gosh. It was a lot. It was and, long. And it just sort of kept going. Like, I remember. I she caught herself. It, it was like every couple of steps, it seemed like I maybe had a chance yeah. at, at stopping it. And I, I just, every time, I didn't. And I kept feeling like I did. And I was holding like a mug of coffee. And yeah. I, there was just a lot going on. And backpack. And when I fell, I remember Sarah asked me if I was okay. And I, didn't really know if I what. I think I said I don't know. Yeah. And I was really, I was so scared. Well, you know, you're in, you're like are in pain, but you're like, you think you're like, oh, is, is this really bad? Is this as bad as it's going to get? Or are we okay? Like, what's the vibe? And yeah. so, yeah, it was definitely like that. And luckily we had that super nice boy come and like, he's like, do you want ice? He got his ice from the calf or something and got his like help. And he was Without him, I was like, I don't even know how to get into the cap slash. I don't even know if I'm allowed. Yeah. Like, uh, I hadn't, oh. it was stressful. It was yeah. scary. Yeah. And I was like in so much yeah. pain and I kept crying. Yeah. And... No, actually you were, you were really brave. I would have cried way more. That's true. I think I was, I was really trying to like figure out what was happening and I was mm-hmm. like, do I need to go to the doctor? What's going on? And I can be able to walk. And yeah. then, and we, we were late for a test. We were late for oh, a test. Oh, no. And we had just parked the car. And we're like, okay, so do we draw? And you were so brave that you walked still the whole way. And then so, I walked to a second class, class in the building that was like a mile away. So yeah. in the end, like, did you ever figure out, like, did you ever, like, sprain an ankle? Or, like, like from that injury, was it, like, a big bruise or anything? She bruised or, like, her bone. That's I, what we decided. I do, I will say. Never ended up going to the doctor, though. No. Never did because I was like, well, I, it's just bruised. They can't do anything. I don't want to pay yeah. a crazy copay for them to be like, put some ice on it. However, <laughs> and I don't know if I've told you this, I, I, I was on a walk with Jarrett the other night, and I said I, I do think I should have gotten my shin looked at because I can Ooh. still feel it sometimes where, and this was in January, it's now June, it was in January? Yeah, January, February. Yeah. And, um... it was close to closer as well. Yes, and Sarah, so, uh, selflessly concerned that maybe I had 
fucked myself up so badly that I wasn't going to be able to be in close to our MFA thesis, and therefore... I was a nightmare during that time, and that was one of my thoughts when she got injured. I was just like, this one more... I just... Everything's going wrong in closer right now, and then, like, if Claire's hurt and we can't do it, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have that thought until later, and then I told Sarah, and she said, oh, that was my first thought. Yeah. Which was cool. But I was like, Ooh. wow, She's mad. what if what if Anna has to be on crutches? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. woof. Yeah. That's but yeah, it does hurt. I'm touching she's, it now. She's it, it does still sometimes hurt. Yeah. I think I just... Luke plays a lot of sports, our friend, and he said, you bruised your bone. And it, that does yeah. hurt, like, a lot. Like, I've bruised bones, yeah. too. Yeah. And, like I, st- like, I bruised my knee, and I still had to have, like, a thing on it and it yeah. still like hurts so yeah. I get that yeah and I think it's just bad. like when I walk a lot or something it yeah. gets irritated maybe I'll be able to tell when, when it it's gonna rain yeah oh that's always the dream yeah predict the weather with your joints okay <laughs> will do you have an injury my big injury was uh, that followed me throughout my youth um, was first in sixth grade I dislocated my knee at a <sighs> basketball camp nope and How? Uh, just doing regular basketball stuff my theory is I was also on swim team that summer, and so my joints were, like, really used to, like, being in the water, maybe, and all of a sudden I was running on hardwood floors. I don't know. That really took me out of commission for a while. That really hurt really, really bad. And then it kept happening. Like, I had to wear a knee brace. I never got, like, a surgery or anything, but, like, every once in a while, my knee would just, like, pop out of place. It was rough. And, to this day, they still crackle. And they still crackle. Yeah, it would get really, really swollen. I would have to be on crutches for a couple of days. It happened maybe a couple more times in middle school. It happened at least two or three times in high school. And then the last time I remember it happening was in was my freshman year of college. And me and my friend Gerard, we they were just starting a lacrosse team. And I, uh, we were like, oh, like, we'll go to, like, the first lacrosse practice because it was, like, a club or whatever, and you could just, like, go and hang out. And we were just throwing it back and forth, and, like, my knee skidded, and it popped out of place again. And <gasps> and I, I, I was in a show, stuff. too. I was in a show, and I was, like, the lead in it, and I was, like, on crutches, and we had to do, like, sword fights in it. And, like, it was Romeo really, really, it was, it was the riddle. Um, that classic uh, student-written musical. <laughs> um, super good. Super oh good. God. Will showed me a video of the riddle, like, the first year you were dating. And I was like, I want, like, I love you a lot. Like, I watched it and I was like, this is really silly It was such a, oh my gosh. And you riddle? were on crutches on stage? No, no. no. Thankfully, no. it was, like, I, I, I wish. It, it had happened, like, maybe three, maybe two or three weeks before opening um, but it was really, really hard to, like, I thought I was like, shoot, like I gotta be off my feet for at least a little bit, um, so I can heal. And then I think that was the last time it happened. So I kind of like outgrew it slash, I don't know. Well, yeah. like you don't play like, you were playing so many sports and like. I was, you know, I was. Not that um, you're not active. I'm just being like, maybe that's why it happened more often. Cause you're just... Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, it really hasn't happened in a long time. So, but I'm always afraid it's going to happen Ugh. again. Because it hurts oh, so bad. That's traumatizing. It hurts so Gosh. bad, and you can't walk for you know three or four days, and you gotta keep the swelling down and stuff. That's really bad. Yep. Well, if you had to, uh, let's see, who wants to do a little short summary of the play? What? <gasps> Did you hear that? Our Dunkin' Donuts is here. We'll be right back after these messages from Dunkin'. 
Da 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 da. Bow. All right, we got. We're back with the Dunkin' Donuts. Guys. How is it, everybody? <laughs> well, they kind of messed up my order a little bit, which I'm a little sad about. But Claire is a queen of making them acknowledge their mistakes. I was excited because I got a bagel with strawberry cream cheese, which I have not had since I was maybe like 10 years old, and I or maybe 12 probably. I used to have it all the time throughout grade school. That was like my lunch, and I haven't had it. And mm. so that's what I ordered, and then they forgot the strawberry cream cheese. And they didn't even give you anything. No. Else that's a plain really? bagel. No. So that's irritating. That is irritating. Um, I complained. We'll see what happens. Um... My bagel's okay. I'm excited about it. It's warm. I'm really sad about Sarah's cream cheese. And I haven't tried my iced coffee yet, but I am excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Got, I got, this iced coffee is, is super good. Got a little uh, French vanilla hazelnut kind of thing. It's pretty good. Those it's hash browns. So good. The hash browns were not as good as Sonic's, but they're good still. Hot cake. Well, that's the thing. They were only mildly warm. <laughs> so... We're back. Hey, we're back from our Dunkin' Donuts break. And for you, it has been no time at all. But for us, it's been nearly six hours. Um, Good one. Thanks. <laughs> it was a huge Dunkin' Donuts binge. Um, we're We were about to talk about just like a little short summary of this little play. Yes. Sarah? Yes. You want to do it? I would love. This okay. play takes place over the course of 30 years. And it's about um, two people... And, I don't know, it jumps through time, and it's how, I don't know, they keep misconnections with each other, and one struggles with physical injuries, while the other one struggles with more emotional injuries. Yeah, so we've got Doug and Kayleen, yeah. and they first the first scene is them when they're eight years old. Yeah. And the last scene, like, they're like it's when 40. they're 38. Yeah, 38. And it's unique because the same actors play them at each age. Yes. So it's not like you're not like dealing with kid actors when they're eight and. And it goes get... out of order too. Yeah, it jumps through jumps time, through time. Um, and it does center around Doug's physical injuries, um, as well as Kayleen's more psychological, emotional kind also of injuries. Physical also physical yeah, injuries as well. Yeah, yes. also self-inflicted yeah. injuries. Yeah. yeah. But less like Doug's is like always an accident and. Yeah. Yeah. In general, before we really get into, I've got some questions for you guys. Um, but in general, would you recommend? Would you would you recommend like give this a read? Yeah. Yes. It still gives me goosebumps. I still read it. Yes. And I still get goosebumps. Like it's so good. And even I mean, I've seen it a million times through rehearsal as has Claire, and it still affects me, and I still get something out of it every time. Even if it's the same line, I see it in a different way. Like each time I'm, I read it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I recommend not only reading it to read the play, but also recommend directing it yeah, or producing it if you are looking to produce or direct like a small, yeah. simple show. I guess you could do it in different ways, but we did ours super minimally, um, yeah. like set-wise and even costume-wise, and I think that it's really good for smaller or student productions yeah. yeah if you don't have a ton of experience directing maybe you're like a like in like educational theater um i think it's a great show for that because it's yeah because of the, the design is you can go as simple as you want um yeah it's, it's or a ton of money even if you have a lot of 
directorial experience, but you don't have a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah because sure. we didn't have a lot of money. And if you don't no. have a lot of actors, if you only have two actors, right? Then yeah. Right. yeah, and we, yeah, and we even like you can take kind of more creative liberties. Like we had four actors in ours, when traditionally there's two. So that's yes. also kind of fun to play with, where it turned more memory esque for yeah, how so we they directed had, it and transitioned. Yeah, and so stuff, they had Doug. So. Doug was played by two different men, and then Kayleen was played by two different yeah. women. And like one played the younger version, and one played like the older version. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Great. Can you guys talk about like why do you guys like? First of all, it's a non-linear story. Do you guys enjoy non-linear storytelling, or how do you feel about that? And was that like hard to direct or? I think Talk it's about harder, the nonlinear structure of it. I think I it's harder on the actor than it is on the director. Um, like getting that um, that emotional state correct or where that character is at, especially in this play because uh, it's two of the scenes happen in like one night, and so you kind of have to get and the after effects happen first before. Um, so it's like a night where. It's at her father's funeral, and they have this moment um, where they kiss, and he and it doesn't like end well, and he goes and blows off fireworks, and then um, and then the, another scene is where he has, you know, blown a lot of fireworks up, and he lost his eye. So it and that the eye scene comes first, and then the kiss scene comes later in the play. So I think it's harder for like the actor, and we really had to like discuss it and over table work really establish like where these people were at in each scene and why that's so important for like their relationship yeah a lot of like moment before work that had to be super specific or things just fell flat yeah um and that was something we talked about a lot I also weirdly directed a play that also had a non-linear story um in a similar sort of broken up way um last spring called Stop Kiss by Diana Sun and that the play begins at sort of like what would be considered uh, there's like a big incident sort of the climax of the play these two women get assaulted during their first kiss and the play goes back and forth alternating scenes between them falling in love leading up to their first kiss and them recovering from that assault um and you never actually see that moment. But that, I think, helped inform some of the way that I want, like, was able to, like, direct and approach this because um, I had, I was pretty much, had very recently done that. Um, but yeah, in that show, we ran into the same issues of, like, making sure that those moments before were super clear um, because those were always, like, super opposite and I think we got away with it a little bit more in this in gruesome playground injuries I think a lot of that being because we cast two separate couples right um I think if it's just two actors for the whole show like it is supposed to be (laughs) um that puts a lot more strain on trying to get them in and out of really specific like spaces yeah um and since we had it was it was alternating scenes for the most part. They could have you know ten fifteen oh, minutes man. to kind of get back and reset into that moment before. So yeah. I think that that definitely helped us. Yeah, okay, for great. sure. And I I don't know as a person I like watching and I I think I like watching out of order plays 
and reading them more. Yeah, because there's feel, more of a mystery to right. it. Right. I feel like I get more enga- out of it. It keeps you engaged. Yeah, so I really appreciate that kind of playwriting. I don't know. Yeah. I'm all about Great. it. Great. Um, so you guys kind of touched on it, but like if you were to direct it again or if you could go back, like would you still cast like two different actors as two, the characters? Would you, would, did I, you, would you stick with that choice? Yeah. I would really, you, if you had the option, would you cast even more like different ages or no. would you stick with two? I think I'd stick with two. I really love how it turned out. Some of my favorite moments in our production were in the transitions. Some oh of the my ones gosh. that like come to mind of like I'm literally getting goosebumps. Like what I think about now is like <laughs> we all have goosebumps. Um, it's from those moments in the transitions because you see uh, young Kayleen being affected by older Kayleen and like vice versa, and you see yeah. them watch each other while they're changing the set, and it's just so powerful. And I feel like it rounds out the story and makes it so clear and like more painful. And so I don't. I wouldn't yeah. direct it any other way. There was, was yeah. Yeah, the the transition. There's one that sticks out where it's uh, Doug. I think it was the first after right after the first scene, mm-hmm. and young Doug mm-hmm. is like putting a bandage on old Doug, if I remember correctly. Yeah, see it, like, and when I because I I didn't see it at all in rehearsals, and so when I saw it opening night, I was like, whoa, like that's real. It was just a, such a great image because yeah. you knew that, and the two boys that you guys cast, the two men you guys cast, were like kind of even looked alike they had mm-hmm. similar at least similar haircuts um and it was little swoop, High swoop. Musical yeah movie. yeah <laughs> and so it was that was great yeah. i loved that part yeah we got we also got i mean just so lucky i mean we did like have a fair amount of people audition so we had like 60 people audition but even through that it's like okay how many of those people can act and then that breaks down into how many of those people are even remotely right for this role right and that gets just smaller and smaller, and then it's like, okay, and then um, we had a whole thing at um, our callbacks about um, making sure we found people that had very, uh, like, tangible chemistry that we, we could see. physical chemistry. Yeah, we, like, we, we really wanted that. And so then we just randomly got so lucky that the people that, and I mean, I think it could have worked if they didn't look similar, but I mean, those two women and those two men, like, similar heights. Yeah. Similar similar hair colors. Like, Callie had to dye her hair, but that was, like, it. Yeah. And she even and just Callie, it. Callie and happened to. Yeah. to be dyeing her hair red, right. which matched Natalie. Um, and that was just something that, like, weirdly happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do it any other way. That was, like, really kind of a perfect storm. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's one of my, like, proudest directing... Yeah, how did, like that, how did that decision come about? Well, well, I first I want to say my favorite moment that I always oh, think yeah. about is yeah. um, when Kayleen or young Kayleen is lifting up the owl, and then she looks at old Kayleen who's in like the kind of the mental hospital, um, and she just sees her, and so and you see saw that like wash over young Kayleen where she kind mm. of sees where her life is going now, that, like the path that she's going on. Yeah. And that was like, that's what I always think of because it was just like, oh, like the beautiful line. I don't know. Like yeah. they always mm-hmm. ended up in such like a way. It was it was really powerful and profound and it really... And the end. Visceral. Yeah, the end. Oh my gosh. The spacing of the end. I like and... cried the first time we blocked it. <laughs> yeah, it was so intense and every time yeah. it just got more and more and then yeah. I will pat myself on the back Go for ahead. an incredible 
playlist sound oh my gosh for this whole thing what's that called everyone go listen to it on spotify it's so is it good. a public playlist it is it is a it's public. gpi right um I, I listen to it too much probably i think it probably it's a great is. playlist i'm gonna pull it up but i think yeah do it um gpi and yeah. you can Look search it. my name it's public and it has all of our transition songs it's so good well, and we, it really we'll... blended like the whole show together it literally was like the perfect storm and that had to do like with the playlist as well like the music was just so oh my gosh it was so spot on with like the energy and the mood of yeah. the scene prior and leading up to the next yeah, one that was yeah awesome. that was great yeah. but yeah why, why did why did you guys decide to cast two different characters two different actors Mostly because of our Dougs. We had a really decide. hard time casting. Um, I, re- I remember it specifically with Owen and Jackson because we loved and were obsessed with certain aspects that they brought to Doug, and we weren't really willing to bend on it. And we're like, what? And I remember I leaned over and I wrote on Claire's notebook. I was like, what if we did it? Like, 8 to 18, and I said Jackson, and then, like, 22 to 38 Owen. So you didn't go into auditions? No. Thinking no. Not even callbacks. Wow. Like, no. that was at callbacks, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was probably, like, an hour into callbacks. Yeah. And we had just been watching everybody. And it was pretty clear, like, immediately, I think we could eliminate, like, a couple of actors. We were like, no, these people aren't right. Yeah. We were both so enamored with each of them. Yeah. And maybe it's the character, or maybe there is something in like the experience of being a woman that is a little bit different but like i feel like the like getting a juvenile experience like a juvenile like vibe from a boy is so like it's so hard to find an actor who can hit both of those at heart and i like and i think it's harder to find that in men Mm -hmm. i think it 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 would have been easier in a woman but i still think like having natalie and callie was yeah like perfect yeah um particularly like with the chemistry that they both they had with jackson and owen respectively and so um yeah yeah so it really was i don't know it was definitely in those like chemistry reads and what they brought the chemistry reads the chemistry reads mean a lot to us the Um, chemistry reads weren't even reads sometimes yeah it was just just look at each other and you're like all right (laughs) yeah we made them stand we made we put every person with every other person we made all the possible couples and made them stand toe to toe and stare into each other's eyes and then we sat there or walked around the room and looked at like who looked like they wanted to kiss. Yeah. And then we actually made everyone We made kiss, everyone kiss. Which some people who weren't even in callbacks got aggressive about. But we <laughs> asked permission and got consent because we were like, it's so vital that you had to you have to feel this like attraction between them because basically in every scene they're like pulled apart. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, don't come near me, like all this stuff. And so you have to feel like that underlying pull. And so if it's not there, like, you don't have a show. So, like, I, I don't know. I felt like it was very vital for us to, like, find that. Yeah. And so, yeah, this a lot of physical stuff. It wasn't even just reading. Yeah. The staring yeah. was really funny to watch. And it was hard to, like, keep a straight face for me watching yeah. of just, like, trying to analyze. Claire's better at that. I and it's, like... <laughs> it's so funny, too, because it happens so quickly you put two people together and you'd be like, oh, that's not working at all. And then other people, you'd be like, I, I, I feel, can't even move I feel uncomfortable watching you look at each other right <laughs> yeah. now like, and uh, I don't like, know oh, what's sh- going on. Should I leave? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like, this, these people want to 
want to go out on a date okay and all that mean yeah so that was cool yeah Good. that was interesting great human study you guys sound like great directors Stop. <laughs> he has to say that um, here's a question let like kayleen and doug they go through this like kind of uh not forbidden love affair but like they're never they're never in the right place at the right time for each other star-crossed they're star-crossed lovers in a certain sense um do you think that they are the characters are like actually good for each other like do you think that they are like we meant had to this be together? conversation really in rehearsals actually mm-hmm. yeah great it was like half and half which was interesting each actor had like a different perspective of what they thought and we were like great keep that because, like, okay. and it was mostly, like, the Dugs that thought, like, they're meant to be together, whereas the Kayleens were, like, no. <laughs> and so... I think and, that's true to the character, yes, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's... I think that's where, like, the conflict lies. And so I think the more romantic audience members will take away that, oh, you know, they should be together. Now is their chance or something. But I don't know. For me personally, I was, like, there's a reason why it's like never worked and you've always missed each other and I don't think you lead each other to like a a better place I think Mm -hmm. you kind of like bring out those injuries in each other yeah more I think I the experience that I had like reading the show watching the show and I think not that there's like a right way to interpret the show as an audience member but I I like to think that if we had done our jobs properly that in the beginning when they're when they're a little bit more um innocent and when they're a little bit more like hopeful and optimistic you're kind of like yeah yeah they're supposed to be together because you know you're like yeah they're like 18 and you're like yeah 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 and then sort of the older they get almost you as an audience member you're aging too and you're able to see like more of the flaw and sort of you're like yeah this is like there's a lot of like fire here but like is that sustainable is that healthy right um i think what stands out to me the most uh in why their relationship is a little more toxic when i was like rereading it today i was like oh you know they they go five years without talking or like checking in on each other and i just think like that is if you really like doug is like so romantic about her and he's like oh my gosh he climbed a freaking telephone pole to try to like find her and that's how he gets paralyzed in the end you're just like yeah we didn't try looking for her for like five years and he's just like his only excuse is life got away from me and so i don't know i think it's like there's this romanticized version that doug has in his head about kayleen and that if he was really realistic does he need her in his life because He's been going at it fine for five years before talking to her again. So, I don't know. Like, that was, like, something interesting. I was like, eh, I think it's a little more toxic. Yeah. yeah, they they really don't. I mean, they go years and years without speaking or seeing each other. And it's not like this play is set in, like, the 50s. No. Like, when they didn't have cell phones. <laughs> yeah, like, there's I'm Facebook sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's not that hard to keep in touch with someone you really care about. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, they have... And even if they didn't have each other's phone numbers or Kayleen didn't have a Facebook. They're like, still from the same town and nowhere Surely you could get yeah. it, yeah. And I think, yeah, but I, I do wonder if there's, like, part of the attraction is that it's, like, so intense and hard. And, and like, I think that sometimes people believe, like, something being hard makes it worth it, mm. means it's more worth it. There's a great Matt Nathanson song. 
All we are, we are. There's a line where he sings, I went broke believing the simple should be hard. Oh my gosh. I just thought of that. I love that. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of Doug's thing of like... I feel like a lot of people think that way. Yeah. There's a, there's something romantic in the in the fact that like it's hard for us to be together. Yeah, yeah. It, like the fight, the chase means right. like like there's so much there. It's so intense and um, yeah. Right, and like I don't know. One of my favorite lines kind of is in the similar vein when Doug Doug says, "I wish I could do to you what you do to me. I wish you'd let me." Mm-hmm. Like he's just like so um, frustrated at this point that like Kayleen like never lets him in. And even though he's, like, so impacted by her. And I think, yeah, that chase is, like, what he's after the whole time. And I think that's what makes the end so heartbreaking is when Kayleen's finally, like, opened up. He's closed off because he's like, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I've realized because of all this time, like, I am good without you. I can do this. And then, and that's just so hard. I don't know. Like, you watch him the whole show, like, constantly being like, let me in. And then he gives Mm -hmm. up. Right. Yeah. So if so, do you guys? So you guys are of the thinking that like they do, they do not end up together at the end. No, no, yeah. And I think that's. It's I think like, that's. I, it was. I read it. I reread it today, and through. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think. I don't think there's much of a shot there. Right. I think it's like it shows growth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, but it's like sad at the same time because you do you see these like beautiful moments that they shared together, mm-hmm. and like there is that love there, but whether they like to admit it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever, did you ever get, like, I was watching this and I always just got so frustrated at the characters. I was like, if you guys would just let, because, like, if you guys would just, like, let yourselves be loved or, I don't know, like, I don't know, just, like, stop being, like, Doug, just stop being such an idiot. Like, especially that. Mm. I think Doug is so. And maybe it's, like, something wrong with me, but, like, I got less frustrated with Doug and more frustrated with Kayleen. Me too. Yeah. I, yeah, it might I be mean, like a, a woman thing. That's, about, a, like, that's internalized misogyny, listeners. <laughs> Listen up. It oh, exists. It exists. That's in all what we of have. Um, no, but actually, it's just that one scene. It's when they're younger, and like she keep, and he keeps trying to like make her feel better. It's when she's in the nurse's office, like when they're thirteen at the school dance, and she just keeps calling him like stupid and like shut up and all this stuff, and keeps pushing him away. And I'm just like, oh my god, will you open up for two seconds? Like you just want that, and you never get that until the very end of that scene and then I mean that's just the beauty of Rajiv's yeah it's great writing. it's great writing yeah. yeah but yeah I felt the same way with her and I think it's just that I personally can't relate to that I can't relate <laughs> I can't relate to like do you feel like you're an open person Claire I'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> we are open books a little too open um I don't but I think that there's like a a thing there where I'm just like I, I find it really boring when people won't be vulnerable. So there was a lot of times when I was just like, oh, you're like, this is, you're boring. Like, this is lame that you don't <laughs> yeah. want to, like, feel this. Um, so I would get irritated with her. And I think also, like, I feel like I've struggled with some of the same things Kayleen has in a lot of ways. I would cope differently in terms of relationship. Like, I would lean into relationship. Not to, like, necessarily fix those problems. Maybe in my head to fix those problems. Um, and she leans away from it. And so it was like kind of irritating for me to see that. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, cause I felt, oh, I feel identified with you. I feel I know what you're going through. And my God, if someone like wanted to like 
be my like best friend and confidant and love me through that I mean yeah that's what I'm looking for and so the fact that you're not get out of my face right yeah (laughs) I don't know great um, did you guys have a favorite scene in this? Like, like, like... No. I had favorite, <laughs> favorite moments and favorite, in favorite scenes. Yeah, favorite okay. moment, favorite scene. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. When Owen walks out oh and my comes gosh. back in. When, Stop it. And I, I guess that's just the way we block. No, it's in the script. So in the scene where, um... I think we might have They're at the funeral. Well, no, he's supposed to leave, isn't he? Well, whatever. They're in. They're at the oh, yeah, funeral, right. and um, Rajiv. I tried to take credit. He knows. Sorry. He knows. Um, Rajiv, we're sorry. Um, okay, so they are at the funeral and talking and kind of fighting, and then Doug leaves and then comes back and is like, "Actually, you know what? That's the vibe. Those aren't the lines." Hmm. Yeah. And something the way that Owen, is not a line reading. <laughs> that is not a line reading. <laughs> Owen, don't worry. Uh, the way Owen did that, I thought was oh my gosh. Every time spectacular would just get better. Um, but especially that first time mm-hmm. because of how far we wanted him to go back. Like when it finally like hit, when we were in the theater in the space where we first like officially blocked it of how far. Oh, the energy he like walks back in with. Mm-hmm. And like every night the audience would not expect him to come back in. And yeah. then you felt this like, oh God. Because yeah. he just comes in like with a bang. Yeah. When they're like 13, Jackson and Natalie, when they were supposed to be 13, and they're like trying to kiss each other, mm. and and he's they're trying, giving each other each other's so first kiss, stupid. right? Stupid, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's he's just so dumb, and Jackson is so like endlessly lovable. The it's just a little puppy. It just the way that they interacted in that was yeah, fire. yeah. That was, that was so funny. Like, I always mm-hmm. had such a good time, because this play is so, um, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of the time. Like, it's it, it goes into these, like, heavy places, but that was, like, just a fun, lighthearted scene where there's still tension, obviously, but, like, we could be as goofy as we wanted to. Between, like, 8 and 13, we could be, like, the mm-hmm. most, like, fun. So, no, I totally agree with that. I think one of my, um, I don't know, my favorite scenes, like, visually I think was when they were 18 mm-hmm. like I just I don't know it was um so it's when uh Kayleen's sick home from or acting like she's sick home from school and Doug just got in a fight um because some boys were talking bad about her and it's just like that whole um you get to see them like at their kind of purest relationship of what they're actually holding on to um, like that is kind of like the most, one of the most pinnacle scenes for me because that's what they're trying to get to the rest of the play. Um, and so that, I don't know. They just really, handled it. Yeah. You could really tell in that scene they were like best, they are best friends right. at that point. Yeah. And they handled it so delicately. Um, like what happens through the course of that scene, um, of where we, uh, he realizes that, you know, Kayleen's having sex, but not necessarily with someone that she wants to, and she started harming herself again, kind of because of it, and um, and the actors were just so mature about it, and I mean, that was just, like, a, such a beautiful directing experience for both mm-hmm. of us, because we wanted it to be such a, like, a respectful place, and so that's, like, always, like, a fond memory, because they were so respectful of material and, like, what this means to people. Um yeah I loved that and yeah I loved um also their kiss or like that that I think that fireworks scene the walking out but also like 
the kiss and the fire and tension like between them like I don't know I love in plays when people are just like screaming at each other not necessarily like the whole time but like there are points where it's just like oh my god you don't like understand anything like I love when Kayleen's like you're so stupid and you don't understand anything about me so like stop assuming that um because you're like oh I guess he doesn't you know like you think mm. that they're mm. different but they're I mean they've been talking to each other for four years at that point so yeah yeah so great if you could add a scene like with a character that maybe like isn't in the script or no that they only talk about or like if you could add a character or a scene like would you like mm. and what would that be like not that not that you think like oh this plane needs it because i don't think i don't think it does need it but like if you could maybe just an extra scene at the end i don't know i almost would add one when they're younger okay. of a scene where you might see where kayleen maybe when they're 15 and that's when they start becoming like really close friends or something because mm -hmm. you jump from 13 to 18 where at 13 she's still screaming at him that he's stupid and then they throw up into a trash can together and everything's fine and then you go to 18 where they're our best friends mm. so I kind of would like to see a little bit more of a moment where Kayleen kind of like lets him in mm -hmm. so you can kind of maybe understand that more because we kind of had to like build that ourselves like mm -hmm. in the table work I felt I think I would stick something between I don't know I always kind of like wondered I, I got confused I think sometimes about like they're, so they're best friends at 18. Right. And then they graduate and just never talk to each other well, again. Well, because he goes away to college, right? And she yeah. stays. But they have cell phones. Right. It's just it's just weird to me. And it's yeah. like people come home. I, I don't know. There's something weird in that. I don't know. I think I always like wondered what was happening there or if that could be fleshed out in a different way. Like if this were a know. movie, like I feel like you could like take care of that in like a montage of like them kind of slowly growing apart, maybe or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Not yeah, necessarily even, a scene, but like just. Or even it would be interesting if there's a scene where you saw um, him come looking for her and she like hides or something. That's it's what a moment like that Ooh. where then he could have like a monologue or something like where he's trying to call like that oh, would yeah be, like a yeah. voicemail yeah. or something yeah. could be interesting. and she's yeah. like in the house and you kind of see that wash over her That'd be cool. i think if this were a movie i think you would have a flashback to where he where you, you, they, you see the scene where he calls out her dad uh, for being a jerk oh my gosh yeah. would that be mm. that would be i would add that if it were a movie and that instead yeah. of mm -hmm. them him just, he in the play he tells her about what he said but right. if it were a movie you would actually see it and be really cool yeah um and have the dad be more because they only talk about the dad mm. and have him, be more, have him be more of a character and so we can see kind of what kayleen mm. is actually going through at home yeah i think i would only not want that because i can't imagine a way in which that wouldn't turn into like a caricature of like a villainous alcoholic father oh, okay which to me is kind of like leans away from the nuance of the story. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he would just be like, my dad's bad. And then, like, Doug would be yell at him and be like, you're bad. I'd be like, yeah. We all, yeah. Almost yeah, we, we, all, we all agree. I don't know. <laughs> and almost turn more, like, sentimental, I feel like. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe Kayleen here. Like, I could see it going off in that yeah. direction. Because how they ruin paper towns. You know, like, I don't trust movie makers from plays or books sometimes if it's not the playwright writing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paper Towns is a garbage movie. Read the book. I've never seen it. It's good. It's rough. Bad. Cara Delevingne? Yes. Yeah. No business acting. God bless her. <laughs> 
She doesn't. Look, I didn't even like the book that much. <laughs> I didn't read the book. I the book is fine. I thought the book was better. Well, yeah, it was better. Like the character the movie, arc. Yeah. I was pissed off that they ruined the character arc. They did. Yeah. They did, didn't they? They ruined the whole integrity of the story. Ugh, whatever. You know what other movie they ruined? What? What? We can cut this out if you guys don't no, like it. I love fine. it. But um, did you ever read My Sister's Keeper? Yes. Oh. And then they changed the ending, which is the whole point of the whole book. That's what I'm saying. That was horrendous. Awful. Horrendous. That was crazy. I believe you. It was horrible. To get rid of a twist, to me, is... Wild. Because, like, that's what keeps the audience, like, I love a good twist. And that was, like... I can't believe that was allowed. What what if they they decided to, like, make this a movie? And this is going to kind of go into our casting question, maybe. Great. But, like, what if this were a movie and they filmed it, like, Boyhood, where they film it with the same actor over Uh. the course of, like, instead of 30 years, maybe, like, 20 years? I don't know. Like, would that even work? I, I like would that. that be powerful? I think that'd be cool. Maybe. I think that the only issue would be, well, we were talking the other day, actually, off air, about <laughs> how... Because we're not constantly on. You we know? were talking about um, Harry Potter. Yeah. They got, they lucked out with a lot of those people. And then with some... It's a little rough. It's just kind of, it's like hard to cast a kid. Yeah. Right. And know what they're going to be capable of later on. And I think in terms of the chemistry, like, it's hard to account for, like, you know, 10-year-olds that have chemistry. Are they going to have chemistry at 13, 18, 24, 38? You know what I mean? So, yeah. No, I totally get that. So I think in this this new age of technology, maybe you would get people that kind of look similar and then you could digitize some things to make them look like the same person over a course of many years, I don't maybe? know if I want would that, because, like, Chris Evans really skinny, would, and, like, would this, yeah, I Captain guess America it, 1 makes me really freaked out. It's like boyhood, but make it Avatar? Is that Kinda. what you're saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, like, you know what they did, like, in, um, oh, what is the movie? Looper. They made Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of look like Bruce Willis in a weird uh, way. Like, they changed his, like, the shape of his nose, mostly. Like, prosthetics? Or... They did use some prosthetics and some, di- like, a combination of digital and prosthetics mm-hmm. to make them kind of look the same. But at the same time, like, you could definitely tell, like, oh, that's definitely Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and that's Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. But they just changed little subtle things yeah. about them. Interesting. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this would work as a movie I don't think so at all. I don't think it's. it's Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like that magical aspect of theater where you can go out of order and it makes more of an impact. Like in a movie, it sometimes loses, I feel like. Yeah, you buy on stage that these adults, because you're going to get, like, if you're staging this, you're going to get probably maybe like a 25 to 30 year old to play the characters, and Mm -hmm. you buy that, like, oh, that's a 30 year old playing an eight year old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you get it. Their costuming is whatever. And, mm-hmm. and but in a, like imagine doing that like you cast a 30 year old and then they have to play an eight year old in a movie that'd be weird yeah that wouldn't work at all yeah i think no. and i think the way that it's like structured yeah i definitely think no movie if you're listening rajiv sorry bud don't sell the not rights. that you, not <laughs> don't that you were thinking out. about it not that you're listening or uh, we're thinking about it but. maybe he will maybe he wants it once in a while he googles his plays who See, knows he googles doing. Rajiv Joseph. Rajiv we like yeah. Well, if he if he did that actually, because there are full productions of this on YouTube that are just there. Uh-huh. So if you ever want to go watch it, it's there. It's yeah. pretty easy to find. Yeah. 
Will was watching an interview by Rajiv earlier, and he was like, he has just the best voice. He's got he a really nice voice. So just a nice, great actor. Like a nice yeah. speaking voice. He has voice. actor energy to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But so kind and loving. Yeah. yeah. He's great. I hope he writes, I hope he, I mean, like, I'm sure he's working on something now, but. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, are we ready to cast the freaking play? Do you have any other questions or things you want to do? I think I'm good. I think we covered most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great, let's cast the freaking play, everybody. Unless you wanted to scream about the lighting designer. Oh yeah, can you tell the lighting designer story? I don't I don't even know. I don't even know if there is a story. It's just the lighting designer had night classes and we had no lights. Just just wasn't available <laughs> for any, any rehearsal. Any of tech week yeah. at all. At all. At all. Didn't tell us, didn't get lights, oh didn't gosh. get someone to help, and I had a breakdown during tech. Yeah, Claire and I had like a laughing, crying breakdown. We're like, this is gonna be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we I'm just not gonna be it. able to see. Our sweet actors. Our sweet actors had, were like, good God. They were like trying to calm us down. Had to smell a lot of peppermint oil. Yeah. Peppermint oil is highly suggested if you ever do this play. Um <laughs> but Will helped. Yes. I did. I was called in last second and I am no lighting designer, that's for sure. I know the basics. You guys were using a space. That is basically like a TV studio, not a stage. Yeah, yeah basically, it is a TV. It is a yeah. TV. It's it not a even a black studio. box. It's yeah. it's a full-on TV studio because yep. SCAD doesn't have any black box theaters or really appropriate stages for smaller productions. Yeah, so there was no theater lighting. We had to bring in light. The way that the space is set up is not conducive to that at all. It was a horrible experience to light. Yeah. And then... We say it with me. Decided to do our MFA thesis in the same space. Yeah, we did. Which surprisingly didn't work any better in terms of lights. Weird. Nothing had changed. We even Almost knew. We even knew better. what to expect. Yeah, like... it worked better in gruesome because mm-hmm. we directed the show around it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure that's why the transitions came from is because we had to have the lights up the whole time, mm-hmm. and so we had to just make it work. And luckily. Mm-hmm. It worked little, out beautifully. Little beautiful problem solving there. Whereas closer, not so Look, much. I don't think the lighting was that bad, but it. I think we never. We mind. did what we could. We, we did, did what, we, what could. we could. It was fine. We are theater makers. All we can do. All you can yeah. do is what you can do. Right. All right. Beautiful. Well, beautiful. great. I love it. Let's okay, cast, let's cast the freaking play. All right, we're gonna Sorry. cast the fr- freaking play here. This is Claire. This is our segment where we cast the freaking play. Only two characters this time. Yeah. So. That's nice. Who's our Kayleen, Sarah? Who's your Kayleen? I mean, I feel like none of you are going to be surprised okay. that it's I you? want... No. <laughs> <laughs> I want my girl, Florence Pugh, to do it. Ah, uh, she'd be good. Florence. Oh, Florence interesting. Pugh, yeah. yeah. Florence Pugh from, uh, let's see, what's she in? She's in Midsummer. Little Women. Midsummer. Midsummer. She's going to be in Black Widow if it ever comes out. She's She's great. Yeah, she's great. I love her. Yeah. I think that's she has like, that roughness, but also that vulnerability. She does. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I picked Caitlin Deaver. Okay. Who is that? I don't know who um, that is. She, oh my gosh, what's her show called? She just um, unbelievable, unbelievable is a show. Her Netflix show. Oh, she's in Booksmart. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we just watched that. She was in Short Term Twelve. Great. She's in a movie called Detroit. I'm pretty sure. I think she has comedy mm-hmm. skills i think that she has very strong dramatic skills yeah i think she can read very young that's true um and i think she has like an edge that is useful great i just don't know for 38 
That might be hard for me. I would just like put her in a coat, like a, like. A... <laughs> well, they're at an ice rink. Old people wear coats. I would put her in like Not a like a like a, a tweed a tweed coat. Yeah. And then um, do something with her hair. Because I mean, I think she's twenty. She's probably a little younger than us. She's probably yeah. twenty four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but but no, I get what you're saying. That's. But I think she has like a sweetness too, where I think I'd mm-hmm. get less upset with her. Yeah, there's a charm and an yeah. edge. She has like a really cool balance. Yeah. Is she? So is she the friend? Is she like the other lead in Booksmart? Yeah, with she's Beanie. not Beanie Feldstein. She's not the okay. Not the other Beanie. one. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Great. Okay, I had no idea who you were talking about. Yeah. But I got it now. Who do you have? I've got uh, Emma Stone. She would be great, wouldn't she? No. no. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, she would. For a number of reasons. Do you, what, do you want to tell reason. us your thought process? Um, Walk us through your journey. Let's see. My journey is Emma Stone is a good actress, and I couldn't think of anyone else. Great. Love. <laughs> Why do you disagree? I, Any number of reasons. You know, I don't think she is right for Kayleen. I think she possesses a certain gravitas as far as what she brings to like feels too aggressive (laughs) yeah yeah okay that's fair i think that she is a little too silly Mm. and she was good in maniac though have you ever seen her in that she's that was probably like the most like serious i've seen her and i was like this isn't too bad i just think she has so much like confidence in, like, all of her roles, they just feel very, like, sure, even if they mm-hmm. are unsure. Like, and I just don't think that's Kayleen's nature. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, I think um, if she was going to do the young stuff, I think that she would get really, it would be hard for her not to be like, I'm eight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that she would lean in. Or she would like, she'd be too cartoony. Yeah, she'd be, like, too silly. Yeah, she gets goofy. How about, like, I, a, how about like a Zoe Deschanel? We're gonna cut you off. All right, All right. let's move uh, on to that. And then maybe just cut you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too much. Uh, who's your Doug, Sarah? Okay, my Doug is John Boyega. No. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I I'm I don't I don't hate it. I just think he has like in Star Wars like that goofiness like that has like a little bit of a Doug energy to me. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I wasn't super attached to it, but I think he could do the younger years well. Yeah. And then he's also older. I was just going to say, I like him for the older, but I That's so I cannot see him being 8 or 13. Really? That's what I can envision of... him more. Have you seen the new Star Wars? No. Okay. What have you seen him in? Oh, I thought you meant like the the latest Star Wars oh. like installation. I oh, have oh, seen oh, him oh, in okay. Star Wars. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Got it. I thought the most recent one. No, I was like, um, I like he's any hardly of anything else. <laughs> Yes, but um, how old is he? Great he's like question. Twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, he's not. That's crazy. It's not crazy. I know. I thought he was way older, but he's yeah. Not. He's like Florence, actually, where she reads about yeah. five to seven years older than I would, she is. Let me just say, I would watch the heck out of Florence and John I was, on stage. I, that's what I, I said. would do that. That's like what that's I'm that is a really good pairing. Yeah, that is a great yeah. pairing. But I do. I would be concerned about younger for them. Okay. Maybe but, just eight, but I'm kind of concerned about eight for everybody because that's well, really sure. hard. Yeah, eight. Right. Eight was our hardest Until, scene to direct slash get right. Yeah. Not get. I mean, like, there's not a right way, but like, 
find that energy that we needed from our actors. I remember we were like freaked out by eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't click till like right before time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like until you get in the rehearsal room, you're never sure. Like, oh, is this really gonna work? work right. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, right. That pairing is really good, though. I will say. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Claire, you had a couple different uh, Dugs that you were gonna toss out. I wasn't feeling confident. What's hard for me is if we were casting it now. That's a little. I would. There would be two men in the running for me both of whom I think are a little bit too attractive. Interesting. Logan Lerman. I don't think you have to worry he's about an, that. He's not very attractive. Logan Lerman? Like, he's fine, but I'm not like... But everyone thinks he's very hot. That's a the whole guy, thing. The kid from Perks of Being a Wallflower? Yes. Hmm. That's his whole thing? Everyone thinks he's hot. All and right. like, he if, is... you're, if you're a listener, if you could write <laughs> in and let us know. That was a thing. I think he's handsome, but like he looks like... He does look really young to me. That's so interesting. Okay, my other one is also very, very hot. Give it to me. But he can look a little goofier if you cut his hair, which is Dev Patel. (laughs) I almost said Dev Patel. Yes. Oh my gosh, I literally, he was like on my list, but I thought he looked too old comparatively. No, he'd be really good. But when he shaves his beard, he looks so young. Really? Yes. Okay, I love Dev. Because I think he has that like open energy. Yeah. Um, I literally almost wrote That's so okay. crazy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I don't think he gets too in the way. Like, he is really attractive, mm-hmm. but he's not... But it's almost like his personality also makes him yeah, yeah, way yeah. more attractive. Like, I don't think I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're like the hottest thing ever if I just, like, saw him. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah. he's, like, so he's got charming really and solid, warm. He's got really solid Doug energy, too. Uh, yeah. That's what I, yeah, he has yeah. that, like, lightness, and he's he's sweet and warm. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's if so if I was gonna cast today, I would bring those two people into the casting right. office. I think yeah. I gotta go against Logan. Yeah, not that I think even goofy, I, you know, like Doug has like a certain like yeah. idiotness yeah. about his that's like, true. Yeah, personality. Logan Lerman is more like sad boy kind of. Sad, yeah, he's boy. a little more. He's a little more thirty-eight-year-old Doug. Yeah, you know, who's just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> angsty. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Logan's out. I'm gonna say current Dev. Love. If this was 1995, Joshua Jackson in a fucking heartbeat. Who is this? Oh my god. That is some of the most Doug energy I've ever seen. That's incredible. I do not, I have no idea. I'm looking this guy up. Dawson's Creek. All right. Have you never watched Dawson's Creek? I've seen like an episode. Okay, if we're ever like stuck somewhere, that's what we're gonna watch. Joshua (laughs) Jackson. Dawson's oh my gosh. And Creek. he's also in Little Fires Everywhere he's as still... Reese's husband. Like, he still acts. Yeah, he's still That was his latest working. thing. I saw him on Broadway. His, I'm, I'm looking at his face, and I'm like, yeah. Doug. Sure. Yeah, right? very yeah. Doug. Very Doug. So if, if like, I... If we could, like, time travel yeah. and bring back an age. But it, it, if not, um, if we can't time I'm happy travel, with Dev. Dev is solid. Yeah. Yeah, Dev oh, is good. Who's your... My Doug? We're going to get Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> what do you... What? What? Well, uh, he's gonna be great. I I already got him. On the I phone. love Jonah Hill. Me too. As you much as the next person. Me too. Oh really? Yes. No. I think he's very talented and fantastic. Yeah. He's a little. First of all, too old. Too old. Um, Give me a break. No. He reads well, too old. Well into his thirties. Yeah. Yeah. He was literally like, uh, oh my gosh, he looks so old in Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Street. He looks so old. <laughs> 
Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old yeah, is yeah, he? Yeah. He is 36. Yep. Yep, so... Too old. The very... The oldest age. <laughs> Alright. It's the um, oldest age there is. <laughs> yeah, ever. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. Like, I get... Because he can be goofy and he can do more serious roles, so yeah. I get... That's where I was coming from. I get from. the mentality. He's I just a think little, he's a the little look old. and the age is not correct. What I will say... Give me a Jonah Hill from, like, the original... The, the first 21 Jump, Jump Street, and it's like... Well, I done. wonder if what you did in your brain... Yeah. Was maniac super bad? <laughs> well, I did because it's Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, yeah. And they're and it's also maniac, and they have crushes in each other. And they're, yeah, they they've acted together a, a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I'm just like you know, they, they're they're buds. Bring you know, the they hair would, back. Yeah, bring it back. Um, how old is Emma Stone? She is. I think she's. I think she's 31. Let me double. Ch- yeah. Let me fact check myself. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. She is currently 31 years. Yeah. Yes. Birthday is November 6th. If anyone was wondering. Ah, so she is a Libra. When's her birthday? November 6th. No, she's Scorpio. Libra's later November. Nope. Uh, Libra is October. <sighs> Come on, I Sarah. don't know why I try to learn. I am so slow. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, what if, okay, so like ideal pairing. So we gotta cast okay. them both together. I like I like Florence and Dev together. Yeah, yeah I think that wins. I think so too. Yeah, I really like that. That's good. I think I'm very happy with age that. Age-wise, it looks good together, and I think they both could. Even though he's probably 30, 31, but he looks young to me when he especially. He can do, but yeah, yeah, he can do both. And she looks old. Yeah. yeah, she does. She's, I mean, yeah. I mean, she just did. Oh, she's 30. That's not bad. Great. Um, I love him. He just did, or she just did Little Women, where she had to play. 13. Yeah, she was really young in that. That was weird. Like 22. And she did it very well. Even uh, on film. Yeah. What's interesting is they're both British. Dev Patel's uh, British? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. he is. Duh. I've, he was the one that I said when I was thinking of people, I've never heard him do an American accent, so I can't even really imagine. I feel like he just did like. one in Modern Love. I didn't see Modern Love. He was great. That's where I fell in love with him. Mm, I've yeah. only seen him do British and Australian. He was very oh, okay. good in Lion when he was Australian. He was incredible in that. But uh, never American. Yeah. Was it good? Good I, accent? Yeah. I mean, like, I love... That episode's, like, one of my favorites. Great. Um, yeah. But this but this play, does it need to be set in the States? You can set it anywhere, right? They never really talk about, it, like... I feel like there's a certain American, like, Sensibility vibe about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, especially with, like... There's something about like small town, lighting off fireworks, Kaylee's oh, alcoholic fire, dad. The like all of it kind of feels Sure. The way they talk is really American as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess it could be Canadian, but other than that. <laughs> it it just like it does not feel English yeah. to me in a no. No. Okay. Which but I think both of them could do. Cool. I, you know what? I'm gonna go if it was set somewhere that wasn't America and Canada, which are the same thing. Love. I would actually maybe consider Australia. I was going to just about to say that. Maybe the only other kind of like yeah. sensibility. I feel like you can get a lot of personal injuries in Australia. Personal injuries, alcoholic dads, <laughs> yeah. small towns, fireworks. Fireworks. It's Come seems on, you got to do it on yeah. the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We cast it. We did cast it. We did it. Our next little segment. Yay. Woo. Our next little segment is uh, what are we watching and what are we going to watch? 
Claire, what are you watching? What you is wa- that? Like, just, just like, you know, just like, like in class it, when they'd always be like, what are you watching, watching right now? Or what have you watched in the past that you can suggest? Just if people want to like, oh, that's a good suggestion. Basically, it's just a suggestion of pop culture things. Okay. Um, you can, we'll come back to you. I need you to come back to Sorry. You. Great. I don't Sarah? have a new one because... We just recorded <laughs> one yesterday and yeah, we haven't watched anything since then. What about something cleaning. in your past? Are you, you were talking about Maniac. I mean, I suggest... Maniac's great because it goes through like a bunch of different like time like you know me I like different time periods in my shows and they do like a ton of them on that one um and it's like kind of sci-fi and um there's like it's not just like oh we gotta save the world it's more of like these people like overcoming their personal struggles and like their personal memories like through these different like time periods that they're put in via this drug via this experiment so it's just interesting and it's with emma stone and jonah hill and it's on netflix you love emma stone and jonah hill they are a classic pairing it's basically fred astaire and ginger rogers and the girl oh my gosh from girls that's friends with lena dunham what's her name yes she's in it oh okay great i love her yeah i mean just a little bit but she's in it and she's great cool yeah um I remembered some things I've been watching. Okay. I watched mid-90s for the first time. Oh, great yes. movie. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. <laughs> yep. He is a theme. And um, I thought it was spectacular. None of those people are really actors except for the youngest kid who even him was chosen because he can skate. Baby. Not, yeah. And acted a little. And the other kids just aren't actors at all. And yeah. I, that was spectacular to me. I loved yeah, that. Yeah, that was right. a great movie. Also, um, like, shot on film. So beautiful. Yep. Can and you, that's is on that, Amazon is that, Prime, Is that right? free on Amazon Prime? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. On Netflix, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you don't want something on Netflix. Um, a movie that is one of my favorite movies just got put on Netflix. Uh, Steve Jobs, the Danny Boyle version that came out a couple of years ago. Sorkin wrote it. Oh yeah. But yeah. if you don't like Sorkin, it's still. Didn't we watch it? Yeah, with Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Mm. And I had seen it and I rewatched it the other day, and I think. That movie is incredible. I think the structure of it is spectacular, and I think the acting is amazing. Michael Stuhlbarg is in it, which is really crazy, and it was, like, right before Call Me By Your Name, mm. but and before Shape of Water, and in all three of those things, he's, like, so hugely different that it's shocking to me. Um, I love that movie. Great. Cool. I feel like I wasn't in the right headspace for that movie. I, I don't think I was, I was in the mood to watch a movie when we watched it because I wasn't blown away and I think I fell asleep and I, I think I yeah, need to give it another try. You, you should definitely give it another I would be really I was, surprised if you didn't like that movie. It is nice. st- that is a stressful movie. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get very stressed while watching that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good. Um, I am going to suggest another podcast. Um, it's called Finding Drago. I listened to this. Sarah's listened to this before. Um, it's a great like I don't know it's like six or eight episodes and it's Goofy. these two really it's so <laughs> funny I would wa- I would listen to this while like I was on the treadmill sometimes like I was working out or whatever and I'd almost like fall off the treadmill I was laughing so hard it is Will about... has listened to this twice through yeah That's I listened to it twice through it. I've never done that for anything like ever and I listened to it twice through all the way through it's just about whatever just check it out what just is check... it okay, okay so, so it's so <laughs> these two Australian guys Oh, this and okay. they're yes. yeah they they Rocky one of them discovers Dream. one of them discovers this like mystery novel called Finding Drago that is apparently about or that is about um, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, 
Um, oh. And it's like this work of fan fiction. And they go on this quest to find who the author is. And it's all true. It's all true. Yeah. So you're finding and... out like with them, like the episodes each week, they kind of like catch you up on what they found out like throughout their digging yeah. throughout the week. So it's like, I love podcasts like that where you feel like, you're going through it with them rather yeah. than like a retelling. It kind of is yeah. like it's and they're kind of like making fun of like true crime podcasts at the same time, even though they are like telling a story that's real. It's it actually happened to them. Yeah. Um, they just put dramatic music. They with put it. dramatic music <laughs> with it. And like usually true crime podcasts are like about like this really grisly crime. But instead, they're just finding this Novel. mysterious author <laughs> that like doesn't author. yeah like doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really great. Um, so um, if you haven't listened to it. That's a great one. Yep. Um, Claire, you you mentioned earlier that you uh, wanted to, what was the, there was a question that your favorite podcasters like to ask themselves or each other at the end of their podcast. What's the question? Walk us through that. There's actually three questions. Okay. And I'm so sorry because I know this is running a little late, but um, we're going to go, first question is, do you feel hot today? I would say I feel hot today. Cool. I tried to curl my shorter hair for the first time, and I think it went pretty well. It's up right now because it's kind of hot in this podcast room, but... It is getting um, toasty in here. <laughs> I love the curls. I actually wasn't yeah. sure if they were natural no. or curled. Yeah, it looks even right. Will helped me curl the back, too. I know, he did great. Yeah, it felt very, it felt very good. It looks good. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I and my siblings are coming to town. I just wanted to look a little, a little half decent. And so, yeah, I feel hot today. I put on, like, a little bold lip, too, and that's cool. me. What about you? Um, I feel a little hot today. <gasps> Um, I don't have any foundation or face makeup on. You look so good. Her skin looks so good. And I am really happy that my skin looks as good as it does. It could look better and I could have put on foundation, but that I just went to the bathroom and I was like, oh, my face looks kind of okay. So yeah, I'd say I feel a little hot today. Will? Great. Um, I got up at like five in the morning because we went and watched the sunrise at the beach, which was great. And then we spent the whole day yesterday um, packing things into boxes. So today I feel like a little like I got run over by a truck. Mm. Um, Let me tell you, Will looks good every day, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks. I don't wow. really... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you look good every day, Sarah. All right. Claire, same. <laughs> okay, that's not what this is. Okay. Please, the... It's not complimenting. All right, sorry, 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 sorry. Next question. Next question. Crush of the week. Ooh, wow, I'm not prepared week. for this. Oh, um, man. <laughs> Crush of the week is like big moving <gasps> boxes that you can fit a lot of things in. No, that's crush. a fine crush of the week. That's my crush oh, of the week. That, yeah, because that, that is like a sexual feeling when it fits, yep. right? You're like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, My crush of the week is Anthony on Queer Eye yeah. season four. He's wearing a black turtleneck with ripped jeans and he has big round glasses. And literally every shot I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, Will, look at Anthony. Oh my gosh, well, you have to get an outfit like Ant- Like, that was a nightmare. But it's really, that outfit really does it for me on him. I will that's say, my week. I dress like that sometimes. I know. <laughs> it's hot. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, you just miss me <laughs> in do. my winter months. Um, no, I know that outfit. It's really good on yeah. him. I love him. Anytime he wears turn legs. Um, I don't know that I have a crush of the week. I have a crush of the week. I do. Who? It is this recruiter for the job that I really want that I've been corresponding with. Okay. And his name, his name is Otto, which I think is... We are a, starting an office romance already. Which I think is a cool name. No, it's, no, it's, it's not that. <laughs> um, it's and I'm blushing. Does he use emojis? <laughs> he does. 
<laughs> um, I'm pretty sure what he's sending me are automated emails. <laughs> but auto auto as in automated auto mated emails wow. um but i really want to get a job and so he's my crush of the week i great. love it yeah that's great and then the final question okay we all have to ask each other because things get heated during a podcast it's hot in here yeah. a lot going on um are you mad at me so sarah are you mad at me oh no i don't think so i think I didn't realize you had hostile feelings about uh, me worrying about closer when you hurt your leg. Oh. Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do. I didn't have hostile feelings. Um, It was funny to me when I said, oh my gosh, I I realized that what if I I hurt myself for closer? And you said, that was my first thought. (laughs) And I thought, hmm, for that to be your first thought when I'm tumbling down concrete stairs... (laughs) time period of my life so okay. i apologize okay i don't hate you that's you're that's not mad at me no i'm not mad at you and i apologize for ever making you feel a certain way about that okay that is psycho behavior okay yeah um it's fine i'm not mad at you i'm not mad at you will are you mad at me <laughs> claire i am not mad at you in fact had it not been for you we wouldn't have gotten dunkin donuts and had this lovely podcast <gasps> great yeah. okay sarah do you want to ask me oh. and will if we're mad at you are oh. you guys mad at me well, you <laughs> no, of course I'm not mad at you. Oh I'm not mad at you either. And yeah. I know that you um, are worried about my leg and that whole closer thing, but I'm not mad at you. I am desperately in love with you. <laughs> okay. And when you move uh-huh. in a matter of days, yeah. I will be, in fact, devastated. <laughs> well, you're done. <laughs> Sarah. Wait, am I saying this to Sarah? You have to ask Sarah if she's mad at you, and you have to ask me if I'm mad at yeah. you. Oh, great. Sarah, are you mad at me? No. <laughs> even for I the little, even for the, like, the little microphone thing at the beginning? I'm sorry about that. No, I forgot about that, man. You're good. All right, cool. Love. Claire, are you mad at me? I'm not mad at you at all. Yay. I am really sad that you're... Um, hash browns weren't really up to par the hash browns weren't that good but, but that's not being mad at you that's being mad at something that's almost that my, hurt you that's almost my thank you <laughs> yeah. that's almost my fault for ordering hash browns from dunkin donuts like who does that might as well be mad at yourself yeah great next time just get Healthy. the donuts <laughs> all right guys well that's it oh my gosh this has been this is such been a fun podcast fun. my mouth like hurts from smiling and laughing so me much me too this has been great it has been um, really good what can we expect next week are we gonna take a little break or are we gonna try to fit in we're gonna try to jump right in but don't be surprised if things there's no go awry podcast next month um but hopefully we are going to do the christians by the christians by lucas nath yes great play i love that's one of my favorites i've never read it so it'll be it's great exciting um but yeah Thanks for listening, guys. And Claire, thank you so much for coming on. We love you so much. We thank do. you so much for letting me be your last podcast guest in Savannah. Uh, it really is kind of like, wow. Yeah. It's a chapter. It's hard. It's a chapter, and we're about to close the book on it. We're closing that script on it. Oh. Hey. oh. Listen to this sound effect. Sarah, I have loved listening to the playwrights on Anchor and Spotify. It's been so great. Oh my gosh, do you love listening to yourself? I love listening to the sound of my own voice. It's just so soothing. (laughs) I'm so 
happy for you. Thank you. I only wish that there was some way I could let the playwrights know like how much I appreciated their podcast. Well, that it actually exists. No way. How do I? What do I? What? So if you go to anchor.fm slash the playwrights, there's like three little buttons. One says listen on Spotify. One says support. And one says massage. N- it actually says message. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so you're going to click that um, little button and you can leave us an audio message and we might put it on our podcast. Yeah, we'll feature you on on a future episode. Yeah. So we'll have the chance to have multiple guests. It'll be fun. Yeah. So head to anchor.fm slash the playwrights, leave us a little message, and we will fit you in on a future episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you and good night.